Welcome back to the Bulls Beat Bulls fans. Doug Tonus here with you discussing our Chicago Bulls. And it's Drew Holiday Madness. Madness, I tell you. Uh, I tried to do a Damian Lillard podcast and just couldn't quite find time. And I guess that's fine because Damian Lillard was traded. And my point was we aren't going to trade for Damian Lillard anyway. And when you look at the final package that went out, it became very clear that we weren't going to get Damian Lillard anyway. Uh, the Bucks just made an offer that we weren't going to beat and shouldn't have beat and really couldn't have beaten. So it's fine. Like, there's really no reason to get mad or worry about it as a Bulls fan. Nothing really to do there. Uh, as it turns out, great trade, I think, for both Milwaukee and for Portland. You know, Milwaukee is not a town that I think is going to naturally attract tons of great NBA talent. I think it's going to be a team that is going to have a hard time rebuilding. When Giannis leaves, that's going to be kind of it for Milwaukee for a long time. But I think this move is enough to keep Giannis there for another few years. And then, you know, whatever. After that, that is what it is. But I think Damian Lillard and Giannis have a real chance to win the title. I think they're you know, going to be a top three team you would look at uh, if Dame is healthy in the playoffs. And so with that, they've got at least a two-year window with a really great chance to win. And I think for them, you know, that's as much as you could ask for, you know, going forward. I don't think they were going to be a team that you thought could do it uh, just going in as they were constructed prior to this trade. As for the Blazers, they get a bunch of Bucks pick swaps um, at the end of, uh, I don't know, the decade, 28, 29, 30. Two of those are swaps, 28 and 30, and 29 is a pick. But the Bucks should be really, really bad then. And if the Blazers hit on Scoot Henderson and make some other good moves, they'll be really good. And those swaps, you know, unprotected, end up being basically just as good as uh, unprotected picks when you start trying to value you know, the upside of them, right? Because now if it's really good, you're going to get that high upside. Uh, so uh, I think it's a great trade for the Blazers. I think they weren't going to get more from Miami. So I think that's good. But the thing that now is left over, the residuals of this trade is Drew Holiday is probably going to be on the move. So he's currently with the Blazers. And the Bulls have been mentioned as one of the teams interested in acquiring him. And Holiday apparently has some mutual interest in going to Chicago. And so if we start looking at the different ways that that could come about, I'm going to try and break them down and discuss them and give you my somewhat thoughts. So we are going to start with the thought that the Bulls probably will not pay the luxury tax to add Drew Holiday. Do you disagree with that? I mean, like we can argue about whether they should or shouldn't or whether you wish they should or whatever you want. I'm just saying they aren't going to. Uh, I think like I start everything from that, that place. Like I just don't think they're going to. Um, and so if they won't pay the luxury tax, uh, I have figured out there's only two ways you can get this trade done. So two ways you can get this done. One is you do Lonzo Ball, Pat Williams, Alex Caruso, and one of Dalen Terry or Andre Drummond for Drew Holiday and two minimum salary players. And that gets you, I want to say, like a million and a half under the tax and meets the 14-man minimum roster requirement for the team. Uh, so you don't have to get the two minimum salary players back from Toronto in this trade because it's you know, preseason. You don't need to keep the salary, or sorry, the minimum roster spots now and make room for everyone. You know, Portland can have extra people on the roster temporarily, like whatever. So we, we could make this trade happen now, even if we don't take extra players back from Portland, or we could take a couple minimum salary players back or whatever to make it work fine. So that's, that's one scenario you can do. And the other scenario is basically you include uh, one of DeMar or Zach Levine in this move. 
And so if we start with that, it's not going to be DeMar DeRozan because I don't think DeMar DeRozan probably has as much value as Drew Holiday does on the open trade market. And so, you know, Portland isn't going to want DeRozan, so they're not going to do a one-to-one swap. And if they can't get more for DeRozan than Holiday, that doesn't make much sense. Maybe you could start arguing if it's uh, DeRozan and they flip him somewhere else, and then the other stuff they get with DeRozan is valuable enough that it's more valuable than Holiday, then maybe you get something there. But I think that that's a real long shot. And the other thought is basically just a straight Zach for Holiday swap on the idea that Portland can get more for Zach Levine than Drew Holiday. And I think maybe that's true. I think that's a, a tricky one for me to think about. There's a lot of like uh, value in the eye of the beholder there. You know, Drew Holiday is 33. So Zach Levine's got a lot of age on him. Depending on which team is making the deal, they might prefer to have a guy like Zach who maybe has, you know, four or five good years left. Zach has more years on his contract, which I would say right now at his price, given the expected cap raises, is probably a good thing. You're going to have to renegotiate a new contract with Drew probably next year. Now he's got an option year at nearly $40 million next year. So I guess you could argue like good chance with that option price that maybe he just picks it up. But he'll also be 30, entering his 34-year-old season. So I think there's a chance he tries to get one last big payday. Uh, that's one that could go either way. It's like one of those tough decisions. Like, uh, but I think we've seen recently guys like Chris Paul is an example. He turned down a 40-something million dollar option year so he could sign for, I think it was like 98 million over three years, you know, with the thought that like, oh, I'll probably make more money this way than the other way. So I think Drew Holiday is probably going to end up in that boat. Of course, there's always some risk in that for him too, because if you just don't land the big money, then what? So we'll see what happens out of all of that, you know, but there's a more certain contract situation with Zach. We'll just leave it at that. And I think Zach's on a good deal relative to his abilities, relative to his age, as long as he doesn't get hurt. And he came off a year where he was number three in the NBA in minutes. So, you know, that seems like it's projecting well. He's not had any really major injury problems since recovering from the ACL and kind of breaking out. He's been, you know, pretty healthy. So I don't think those are huge concerns at this point for, uh, for Zach Levine, you know, overall. Um, Definitely some risk there, maybe more than just a generic player, but but not like super high level risk. So I think Zach is probably uh, you know more valuable than Holiday outright. So maybe they would do that straight swap um, and then take a package. Say you do a three way. If the Knicks want Zach, the Knicks send assets to Portland, and Portland sends assets to Chicago. You know, for my money though, I'm looking at this team and I'm going. If you just swap out Zach for Holiday and you get four years older, like and holidays may be gone the next year. Like, I, I don't know why you do that. Like, if you lose Zach and you have that team left, they have not improved to any considerable margin. Like, maybe you're a, a lot of people just dislike Zach Levine, say he doesn't generate wins. And, and I understand conceptually why you might think that's true. I'm not sure I agree with it, but I, I'm not, like, totally opposed to it. Like, there's definitely some things with Zach that are, are problematic and don't always give you as much impact on winning as you think his achievements should. Like, I think that's a fair statement. But I don't know that just a swap of Zach for Holiday, I don't know that you're even better. I, I think you're probably not, to be honest. You're also older. You also maybe lose an asset the next year. And if you are better, you're not better by like 
five or 10 wins, right? Like you're maybe a couple wins better. And so overall for me, that's not a trade I would make. If I'm going to trade Zach Levine in this case, um, instead of going for Drew Holiday, I'm just going full out rebuild. Trade Zach for assets. If I can get assets for DeMar and Vooch later, I'm doing that too. But that to me becomes like full on rebuild. It doesn't become, you know, a trade where you try and trade Zach and win now. Like I just don't think you're going to get better win now pieces. And I don't think Holiday is enough to put you in any meaningfully different position than you are today. And so I'm not going to speak more on that scenario because outside of people who I think just disproportionately dislike Zach Levine, like I don't think that that trade really does a lot for you. And so if you're not in that camp that's just like, I really, really dislike this guy, um, then I, I just don't think that trade does a lot for you. And so now we're going to examine a Pat Williams plus Alex Caruso uh, plus I think you might have to throw in the Portland pickback to get enough value. It depends what the offers are. I mean, obviously, you try to keep it if you can. But that's an asset. I like to say, when you make trades, you try to find things that are more valuable for you that you get, and you send out things that are more valuable to the other team that they get. And so, you know, when you look at the basis of this, like Drew Holiday is more valuable to us. We're trying to win. Portland is trying to rebuild. So he's more valuable to us than he is to them. The Portland pick is actually more valuable to them than it is to us. Like, it's probably not going to be a great selection no matter what. It's lottery protected forever. But Portland out of it, beyond getting whatever is like a, say, a pick in the 15 to 20 range back, um, they're also getting a bunch of flexibility back in terms of what they can trade. So they're getting that same pick that projects to be in 15 to 20 plus a lot of flexibility. We're just giving up a pick in the 15 to 20. We're not giving up any flexibility. So it's something that's worth more to them than it is to us. And that's why that's like maybe an interesting piece of that. Um, so you give up Caruso. I think in this scenario, the uh, Blazers just flip Caruso somewhere else. Like they don't actually want him. They're going to try and get like a first round pick and something else from him. And I think they can do that. So Caruso is kind of what generates extra value. So they get their own pick back. They get their own flexibility back. They get another first back out of Caruso. Pat Williams, I think, has really low trade value now. And it's not because I think Pat Williams is a terrible player. I, I think he's going to be a solid player. I think he'll be a good player. But He's a player who only has one year left on this deal, and then you're going to have to renegotiate a market rate contract with him, and there's, that could get messy, and you know, it could be a lot more than you want to pay him. And even if he comes in at whatever, it's, it's going to be a deal that's at market value, which doesn't add a lot to your team. And there's probably not really, to me, a big case to make that Pat Williams is going to be dramatically better in the future than he is today. Like, I think he's going to continue to get iteratively better. His defense will get better. His instincts will get better. Maybe he'll speed up his release of hair. Um, but, but he's not a guy who has great ball handling. He's not a guy who has super elite level athleticism. He's not a guy who has great court vision. And so like the other traits to be like step up and be the star player, he's not really shown a lot that would make you think that's a reasonable possibility. Like when he drives and does something impressive, it's almost always straight line. Um, it's not shifty. It's not overpowering. So I just don't think there's this huge upside. So I think Pat Williams to me is somewhere between uh, on a, on a, like a championship caliber team. He's somewhere between like the fourth and eighth best player on the team. You know, like his range, depending what happens with him, is somewhere in that range. And so you look at that. That's a great guy to have. And maybe it's a guy worth $20 million a year, like in the upside. But I kind of made this, this comment that's like, if, if Pat increases his release speed enough that he can get seven threes off a game, then he's Lonzo Ball without the ball handling and passing. And Lonzo was a 20 million player. So what does that leave Pat as? You know, like, 
So anyway, um, so I don't think Pet adds a lot of value to this trade. And so I start looking at like if I'm making this trade, one of the things that concerns me, you know, you know, I've been on team rebuild for a while is I don't want to keep throwing future assets into this group that I, I don't really feel strongly as a chance to get to a conference final, let alone a final, let alone win a championship. I do think if you had holiday, I think you can get to the second round, especially if you do it this way. And so uh, Caruso is going to be gone in two years. So you're not really giving up much in your future there. The Portland pick isn't something that has a lot of high future value to the Bulls because it's lottery protected forever. So the, like, the best pick you can possibly get out of it is 15, which is not a super valuable asset. And then Pat Williams is a guy who I think he's going to be a good player, but he's not going to be an elite player. He's going to be in a market value deal soon. And so once he's on a market value deal, that's like not super special for you. You know, so for what you're giving up in terms of winning now, uh, you're going to get a better win now player than Caruso. And you're going to give up, you know, a pick that's worse than 15 in the draft. And the future of Pat Williams when he's no longer on a rookie deal is going to be paid at whatever his value is. And I think like I can live with that to try and pump up this team. I mean, like one of the, the hidden weird things about Pat Williams right now is whether you like him or don't like him is you have to seriously start thinking about like, do you want to pay Pat Williams like $100 million next year? Because maybe that's what you're going to have to do given his age, the fact that he looks like a 3 and D player, uh, the value of that archetype. And then it's like, yeah, okay, well, once you do that, is he like really worth anything? The other hidden thing you get out of this trade, if you're willing to do everything, is you're getting Lonzo off your books. Now that's actually a value for the Blazers compared to almost any other trade they make because they're only going to be paying Lonzo Ball $8 million in cash um, and they probably aren't going to be a team trying to make big cap space plays over the next two years anyway. So if they take any other type of matching salary, they're actually going to pay more cash uh, than they will with this trade. And so I think in that sense, it's a trade that kind of makes sense for them. So if I'm the Bulls, I actually think there's a pretty reasonable chance that uh, Lonzo plus Caruso plus Pat plus either Terry or Drummond plus the Portland pick and you have to bring back two minimum salary players either from Portland or you sign them, that's a trade that I think might make sense for both sides. Now, maybe Portland can find even more for that than this trade with someone else, but I'm, I'm not sure that like better than that really exists for them. I'm really not. I, I think like, this might be about the, the value they could get out of uh, Drew Holiday. And so it, with Holiday, if you make that trade, I think I've got the Bulls like around, if they stay healthy around like 44 wins this year. I mean, I've said lots of times, I think health is going to be a big concern, but I give them about like plus three or four wins, say 43, 44 wins versus last year when I factor in much better fitting role players, um, regression to the mean on like really bad luck they had last year and regression to the mean on injuries uh, that they had this year. And so I give them around 44 wins when I try and think of all of those things combined. And so I think if you add holiday to that, I think that adds like another three wins, I would say, you know, like with, with this trade. And so now you're at like the 47-ish win uh, place. And I think at like 47 wins, you're probably now a pretty good chance at being in the second round. I'd say like you're 50-50 for the second round. You're going to be like the 4-5 seed most likely. And possibly that you like fighting for the three seed. Like it wouldn't be so crazy that you could sneak into the three seed. And maybe there's a little upside over what I'm saying and you, you, you get there or maybe 
you know, you kind of look at the East this year and you're like, who really is three? Like, like Philly kind of seems like with the bad juju they have, like that might just crash and burn. You know, Cleveland is, is the team that's out there that maybe to me feels like they'd have a good chance of being three. But I think you'd be in this like three, four, five mix with uh, Philadelphia and Cleveland uh, in that scenario. And so I think you'd have a pretty good chance of getting to the second round. Partic- if, if you make it to the three seed, I think you'd do it. I think you'd probably end up at the four seed, and then I just think you're in a, you know, like a 50-50 fight, depending how all of the chemistry and all the other stuff goes. And so I think that's fine. I'm okay giving up what amounts to Pat Williams and the Portland pick to make that happen and then have a better year this year and probably a better year next year. Now, of course, you got to figure out how you're going to keep this whole thing together because DeMar and Drew are both going to need new contracts. Maybe Drew ups into that $40 million. Like, that's a lot of cheddar. And then just figures like, whatever, I'll play free agency the next year because I'm not going to get $40 million, uh, you know, at, at 34. So I'm going to, you know, are you better off taking like 390 uh, or maybe say 3100 or are you better off doing four? And then like next year, could you get 250 Probably you know, or 260, whatever ends up being. So uh, interesting. It'll be interesting to see how those things pay out. But you will be then uh, in this, like, whatever I call it, the retirement home with, uh, with Vooch and Damar and Drew all on, like, these new contracts, um, then all being, like, old players. So it'll be interesting to see how you would balance that out. But I do think you'd have at least two years, assuming you kind of keep that group together, where you could be like excited about this team and be like, yeah, we're fighting for something. Probably not a championship, but at least you're thinking like, yeah, I can get out of the first round if, you know, things get lucky. You know, Damian Lillard has been unhealthy the last couple of years. If he has an injury in the playoffs and all of a sudden it's Giannis and a pile of nothing, like, yeah, maybe you could just sneak through. Boston, you know, it seems like they could choke. Like, like you never know. You know, it, it would be a weird magical run. You're probably not going to win a title. You're probably not even a contender, but... It's not, not out of the realm of possibility that that team could sneak into the Eastern Conference Finals, you know, given enough luck with other weird stuff. It's not out of the realm of possibility that you could sneak to the finals, just really, really unlikely. And, you know, that, that's worth it. That's worth a Pat Williams and a Portland pick to me and a Daylon Terry. So, I don't know. I, th- I think I would make that trade. It's one of the few win-now things that I think I'm willing to do, given, like, how little... I think it really impacts you in the future and how much upside it potentially adds to, you know, the next couple of years. That'll do it for this edition of the Bulls Beat. I will hopefully talk to you guys soon.